Welcome to the Magic and Alchemy podcast, where we talk about witchcraft, setting intentions, forgotten folklore, and mythology. Created by Tamed Wild, magicandalchemy.com is a collection of stories, rituals, and articles crafted by a variety of creators and writers, including myself, Kristen Lizenby, and my co-host, Kate Ballou. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Magic and Alchemy podcast. I'm Kristen Lizenby. And I'm Kate Ballou. As always, we are very excited to be here today, calling in from New York and the Azores. We have so many wonderful things to chat about, but before we get into it, we wanted to take a moment to mention that we are recording this podcast before the November 3rd presidential election. And no matter the outcome, this year has been a wild ride. So if you're like us and your emotions are running high and maybe you feel a little bit raw, we hope you're taking the time to breathe or scream or do whatever it is you need to do to take care of yourself. And while it may sound a bit sappy, Kate and I are firm believers that words are spells. So we hope this podcast serves as a source of joy and a beacon of light and community anytime we feel alone. That being said, it feels extra fitting that we have astrologer Riss Cottrell here today, don't you think? Yes, I couldn't agree more. Like Kristen mentioned, today is an extra special episode because we have Riss here with us. For anyone who isn't familiar with Riss Cottrell, she writes the new and full moon musings on Tamed Wild's blog, magicandalchemy.com. But, unlike astrologers who focus on collective readings, Riss uses the positioning of planets to promote self-awareness. She is passionate about empowering people to make the necessary changes to heal and transform their lives, all the while diving deep into the thing that many of us fear the most, shadow work. Along with astrological readings, Riss offers herbal mixtures and magical tools on her Etsy store to aid people on their spiritual journeys. And despite her busy schedule, Riss made time to chat with us via Zoom from her home in Colorado. Welcome, Riss. Thank you so much for meeting with us today. Thank you so much for having me here. So, we have a million questions to try to fit into a 30-minute podcast, and we're going to do our best to get to all of them. But I'm going to keep it simple to start. For the first question, when and how did your love affair with astrology begin? Yeah, that's a good question. This happened years ago, and it was kind of unexpected. I was sitting on a porch uh, in my old home, and I was doing a womb meditation. I was really tapping into my womb and I was asking what it wanted of me because at that time in my life, I was pretty lost career-wise and career is very important to me. And so I was doing this meditation and I was really deep into it and I got this odd answer that said, study the planets. And that confused me a lot, especially because I have a background in science. 
And so I was just kind of like, what do you mean study the planets? Like study the <laughs> atmospheres, <laughs> like study, you know, um, what makes a planet a planet. And so I just kind of disregarded it because I didn't fully understand what it meant. And then months later, I found myself just diving so deeply into astrology and being utterly captivated by it. And I would just read one article after another, after another, would read books, and I just got lost in it. And um, I found my way, actually, through the use of astrology. I started understanding myself better and what I wanted out of life. And it ironically became an astrologer. Wow. So before that moment, astrology had never even occurred to you whatsoever. I always felt interested in it, but like everybody else, I only really knew about my sun sign. I didn't know too much about anything else. And I was always drawn to the metaphysical and the spiritual world, but I, it didn't occur to me to actually use this as a tool for self-development. And it became a way for me, a language for me to move through that in my own life. Uh, speaking of self-development, I wanted to talk to you a bit more about how you use the planets during your coaching sessions, because when we chatted via social media a couple of weeks ago, you mentioned that you use astrology to look into the past and future, but not so much for predictions related to world events, more so to help people develop self-awareness and I really loved that description, and so I wanted to know if you would expand on that a little bit more for our listeners. Yeah, def definitely. I, I've reflected a lot on the philosophy of astrology, and I personally don't feel at this time that predicting the future aligns with what I'm here to do purpose-wise. I feel like I operate very much so like a coach and my brain operates like a coach. And so astrology is so amazing for looking at the dynamics of people because people are so complicated. There isn't, you know, it's not like you, your son is in Aquarius and then that's it, you know. It's so much more complicated than that and dynamic. And it's an amazing tool to look at past traumas and wounds and things that have happened and inclinations and struggles and karmic journeys, all of those things are really built into the chart. And it's a it's just a, a very powerful tool for healing and really catalyzing change and self-reflection. And that's really where I think my purpose is in astrology is helping people move into that shadow work and understand themselves better. That's really beautiful. I know that like when I realized that I had a moon in Aries, it really shifted my perspective around a lot of my kind of past experiences. I was like, oh, if I would have known this before. Mm -hmm. <laughs> totally. A mm -hmm. lot of people have that experience where they don't really resonate with their sun, but they learn about their rising and it just makes completely much more sense than it did before. I think that sometimes it's also harder to do it this way, the way that you're doing it, because it's so tempting to visit an astrologer and ask them, you know, predict my future. But 
by in many ways, by doing that, we're also handing over the reins of our life to another person to essentially decide our fate, which sounds like the very opposite of what you're trying to do. And it also reminds me of one of the episodes on your YouTube channel. I think it was the episode where you were discussing the October 31st full moon in Taurus, and you were talking about a specific placement and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it was related to Venus and you were talking about how this placement can help us decide what is worthy of our time and effort. What do we find valuable? What do we love? What do we want to invest in? Uh, And not just short term, but in the long term. And in the way you were describing all of this, it never made me feel like it was the planets in control of what was happening. It was more like the planets offer the person the opportunity to be an active participant in their lives in the now, which will undoubtedly better serve their future self. Yeah, exactly. And I love that you pointed that out because, I mean, since the pre-Christian era, there's been a lot of debate over the philosophy of astrology. And there's been a ton of philosophers that argue that you don't have any free will. And there's been philosophers that argue that you absolutely do. And then there's been philosophers that fall somewhere in between. And for me, what I really believe is, you know, you can, I I believe in empowerment and self in self empowerment and taking control of your life. And knowing that you might not have control over everything, of course, Um, But the things that you do have control over are your responsibility. And that is a blessing because it gives you the tools to change your life and show up in a way that you really want to show up. And I find it really sad when people just kind of hand over their power to someone else or hand over their power to external events and don't acknowledge the beautiful, amazing power that they have within them. And so my approach to astrology is really reminding them that they have this power and inviting them to step into it and make change for their lives. That shift of perspective is really nice. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, of course. (laughs) And so... All of this gets me thinking, and I hope you don't mind me asking, but would you be willing to share one of your greatest breakthroughs or aha moments that occurred after you started working with astrology and applying these messages in your own life? I'm just curious if there was like a big shift that happened, or was it a bunch of small occurrences that started falling into place? Yeah, um, so I, like I mentioned before, was on the path to becoming a scientist. And I was going to school for biomedical engineering. And I did graduate with that degree. And I was kind of on this very serious track where I was, I did four internships in different labs. And I had an experience that changed my life while I was on that track and sent me down a spiritual path. And I call it my spiritual awakening because that's really what it was. And I had no way of explaining what happened to me. And I felt so alone in it because everybody around me were people who were, you know, studying science and weren't really on this path at all. Right. And that really shifted my life 100% um, and kind of gave me 
a new insight into my purpose here and what I really feel like I'm supposed to be doing. And it felt scary to align with that authenticity and move in that direction. And after I started studying astrology years and years later after this happened, I saw some placements in my chart that are karmically tied into with sudden spiritual awakenings and sudden uh, sort of spiritual experiences. And it actually gave me this huge sense of relief because it didn't feel oftentimes when we go through life, we, we feel like experiences that we go through are our fault or they're completely on our shoulders. When really I, it offers a different perspective in the way that this is part of your karmic path. This is part of your journey. This is what you're here to experience. And so there is kind of that balance of the empowerment versus, yes, I also have a journey to experience and this is the karma that I came in with. And it just felt so relieving to me that that was part of my journey and that I had some sort of explanation as to why that happened to me and why my path shifted so dramatically because that was just such a, it was a hard time. It was incredibly it was amazing, but at the same time, incredibly lonely, and I didn't really know how to move through it at the time. Right. I'm sure it was pretty terrifying at moments as well. Yeah, absolutely. I isolated myself most of the time in my room and just meditated for hours, and nobody really understood what I was doing. Well, right. When you don't have the language for it yet, too, it's so intimidating and a lot to process. And I know that you mentioned uh, shadow work as being an important part of processing all of these things that happen to us. Um, and it's something that you like to touch on when coaching your clients. So how do those of us who don't have the astrological know-how that you do use astrology to get more in touch with this side of ourselves? Are there clues within our natal charts that we should be looking for? Sure. Yeah. So like I said before, most people are only really familiar with their sun sign. And even with their sun sign, they're not completely knowledgeable about, you know, what that entails, because each sign goes really, really in depth. But I would say just start with the basics, really get to know the sun sign, really get to know the moon sign, get to know your rising sign. Those are your big three. And people, again, don't realize that the chart is so much more complex and dynamic mm -hmm. than just a sun or just a moon or just a rising. So just get to know the signs that govern your sun, moon, and rising and understand the shadow parts that come with those signs because every single sign does have shadow aspects and every single sign does have more evolved aspects, more higher frequency aspects. So get to know those archetypes and how that feels true to you. Mm -hmm. And also get to know if you want to get a little bit more technical, once you kind of understand the shadow parts to your zodiac signs, get to know the aspects, get to know the planets, get to know what are, hard, what are called hard aspects. So aspects that cause a little bit of tension mm -hmm. and the malefic planets that cause a little bit of tension. Get to know where Chiron is in your chart. Chiron is the wounded healer. So all of these things can give you clues into how your shadow shows up. Mm. And so when you say wounded healer in Chiron, like what, what does that mean? 
Yeah, so Chiron represents where we have been wounded in the past, Mm -hmm. where we've experienced some sort of deep pain and where we need to heal. And that's also where we can kind of actually give back and heal other people. Mm. And so all of the planets, all of the signs, the asteroids, they're all based off of really beautiful Greek mythology and um, tales from Greek mythology. And Chiron ties into that. It has its own story around the wounded healer. Um, And I would definitely also recommend to people who want to know more about shadow work and how that ties into astrology, I would definitely recommend that they go and check out the mythology Mm. and the tales that actually surround the energies because it'll give you insight into the wounds and the pain and how that shows up. Can I ask you both to share your big three? Sure. <laughs> so mine, uh, my sun is Aquarius, my rising is Aquarius, and my moon is Cancer. Uh, let's see. My sun sign is Capricorn, my rising is Scorpio, and my moon sign is Taurus. Nice. <laughs> what about you, Kate? I've got sun in Aquarius, rising Scorpio, and then moon back in Aries. I was just wondering, like, do you have favorite things about each of these signs, or do you have any kind of astrological advice for the signs as we move towards winter here? Yeah, favorite things about each sign. I think... I, yeah, that's kind of a hard question to answer because, because there's so much to every sign and they're so different. And I look at astrology as a very holistic thing. You know, it's not just like Mm -hmm. advice for all of the sun signs. It's more so get to know your chart and how the transits are actually impacting your chart Mm -hmm. and observe what is coming up for you around that time and actually use the cycles of astrology as a tool for self-development and shadow work. So if you see that your sun, for instance, is in Aries, and right now Mars is retrograde in Aries, if your sun's in Aries and you know that, and you know that Mars is retrograde there, then focus on working on suppressed anger, work on impatience, all of the things that kind of come up around Mm -hmm. Mars retrograde in Aries, it's a tool for you to look at yourself and to actually observe. It's a mirror and to observe where that's coming up for you in your relationships and in yourself. So that's really the advice that I have is just really getting to know your own chart and getting to know where the transits are falling and just using it as a tool to better yourself and better the way that you want to show up in the world. Well, speaking of Mars retrograde, um, we have a new moon coming up on the 15th, and then Mars goes direct a couple days before that, if I'm not mistaken. Can you give our listeners any insight on how they can use these energies to their advantage or perhaps what they should be focusing on around that time? Yeah, that's a good question. So there's, there's kind of a tricky period before and after a retrograde. 
And it's called a shadow period where after a planet goes direct, it kind of has this sort of like hangover thing going on. <laughs> and so it doesn't show up in its full, vibrant, beautiful self. It's kind of got this like hangover sort of energy. And so when I looked at the chart for when Mars does go direct, there is some tension in there still. There's, there's kind of tension, that hangover energy. And if anybody has been, anybody who's, who's listening to this has been watching my YouTube channel, I've been talking about Mars retrograde a lot. And it's because it's been so frustrated. <laughs> Mars has just been frustrated for a long time, which is a really powerful energy to work with because it actually challenges us to face what happens when we don't get what we want when we want it. What happens when we push up against that impatience or what happens when we push up against that suppressed anger or suppressed emotions? What happens when we want to move forward, but we actually don't have all of the information and the tools to actually move forward? What does that bring up in us and how do we navigate through that? And so this is really just a continuation of that. When we have a retrograde planet, we really go inward and we, we reflect on these things. And then when a planet goes direct, we can implement all of the lessons that we've learned. And so when it does go direct, definitely reflect on all that you've learned around impatience and wanting to move forward. Mm -hmm. So because there's a little bit of tension in the chart, it kind of looks like there's potential for Mars to be a little bit aggressive. So I would definitely recommend channeling all of the energy into a project or playing a sport. In my last video, I talked about this full moon happening where we're kind of moving forward and transforming energy that has felt stagnant and stuck. And this is the next step to that. This is, okay, we've, ta we've taken a look at what we feel stagnant about. And now we're kind of in a place where we're getting ready to move forward. We're getting ready to kind of push but it's also important to channel that energy appropriately. So channel it, get it to move, move that energy that's just been stuck in your body and stuck and stagnant and dance or do yoga or do a sport. Get it to move, but it's important to also not take it out in relationships. So there's something happening which is called a T-square. And it's involving Venus in Libra. And basically that says to me, yes, we're moving forward. There's kind of this angsty energy, this frustration, this aggression. Remember to implement what you've learned during Libra season around bringing balance to your relationships and bringing balance to yourself. And don't let this angst bleed out into your relationships. So definitely pay attention to that when Mars does go direct but this is a time where we can start to move forward and it's just important to get the energy moving and to channel the energy in a way that's going to be productive and healthy. That's some great advice. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> I know that in addition to this sort of practice of astrological coaching, you also make herbal tinctures and other potions. So I'm wondering how you incorporate this into your practice and, and why you think herbalism and astrology play so well together. 
Yeah, that's a really good question. I would say my main thing is definitely astrology, but I worked in two points in my life. I've worked simultaneously in a lab and in acupuncture. So I learned a lot about herbalism Mm -hmm. when I was working in acupuncture. And at the same time, I was also studying astrology. And I started seeing the crossover, which there is a lot of the archetypes and the personalities of the planets and the herbs really have a lot of crossover. And so I started making ritual herbal mixtures for myself. And sometimes they come in the form of tea. And sometimes it is just medicinal. But the crossover helps Mm -hmm. me set intention. So for instance, Hawthorne is linked to heart health. And so is Leo. And this kind of bleeds into medical astrology a little bit. Mm -hmm. This gets into medical astrology. And so I'll make, if if I'm looking to focus on my heart chakra, I'll make a Leo tea and I'll make herbs that are associated with Leo because that is the language that speaks to me. Astrology just really speaks to me and it helps me move into self-development and really set intention going forward. And what's also really great about making ritual candles and herbal mixtures with astrology is it helps me to, it's kind of like a routine. That's Mm -hmm. kind of how I look at my ritual. And it's a cycle that I get to follow. And I was actually talking through this with a client the other day about the magic of ritual and the magic of routine and really doing something, following a cycle, and that following a cycle that will really help in your self-development and your growth. And when you can study the cycles of the planets and the way that they move, you can actually make your mixtures in accordance to those movements. So for instance, if there's a movement that happens with Jupiter that's in favor of prosperity, I can go ahead and make a prosperity candle. So it just kind of adds a layer to the intention and it allows you to celebrate the cycles and the natural seasons that we go through, both astrologically and within ourselves, and to really honor that and to be present with it and to not be afraid of it as a shadow, but to actually celebrate it and celebrate what you're working through. And I think that that's really important when it comes to ritual. I love that so much. And I think that it's certainly soothing, especially during times like this, to have these sort of practices and rituals to kind of fall back on and work with and through. Um, do you have any advice for anybody who's kind of looking to develop these rituals in their own life or to learn more about astrology? Yeah, definitely. I would personally have your develop your own personal relationship with your chart and the movements that are happening in your chart and then also observe what that's bringing out in you in terms of your shadow work and then go ahead and study herbs that correspond with traits that you're trying to embody so for example let's say that we'll use the the mars example again let's say that you've got a difficult transit with mars in your chart and you're kind of facing stuff around anger you can actually make an herbal remedy that will induce relaxation so make something with lavender, make something with clary sage or chamomile. Um, These are all sorts of things that can work together holistically 
to help you step into what you want to achieve and what you want to embody. And it's a multi-step process where you have to become aware of that thing that you want to transform. And you have to kind of do things both outwardly and inwardly to get there. And it's a process. And whatever helps you with that process is definitely what I would look at. I feel like I could talk to you all day, Riz. Like, I feel like I have (laughs) kind of like you said, like, there's so many different layers to ritual. And it really sounds like with astrology, there's so many different layers as well, right? Like you start really simple, but then you probably just go so deep into it all the time and you just probably lose yourself in it. Yeah, definitely. And I'm surrounded by other coaches and other therapists who are doing this work in their own fashion. And so for me, it's also really powerful to do this as a group and do it with um, everybody bringing their own gifts to the table and kind of working together to really support each other through that shadow work. But yeah, you can absolutely get lost in it. And at the same time, I think that that's really beautiful and that's a gift. Mm Absolutely. You mentioned in the beginning when you first got into astrology um, that being in a science background, maybe it wasn't always well-received or you didn't feel like it would be well-received. Now, since you've been doing this for a while, are you surprised at all by the other people who work with you in your science real job or in your background that actually have now taken an interest in astrology because of you? Yeah, definitely. That's definitely happened. It more so happens with women than men. Mm -hmm. And I've had my own sort of journey around that and understanding the divine masculine and the divine feminine and how they both perceive the world and accepting that. But so yeah, it's definitely been with mainly with women, but also some men. I do work in a laboratory right now in a stem cell laboratory And my manager, who is very science-driven, her curiosity is definitely piqued around what I do. And I I find that to be really beautiful because it doesn't have to be this thing where it's just science versus spirituality. They are the same thing. They're just different ways of looking at the same thing. Mm -hmm. And I think it's important to accept both and to dive into both and to celebrate both. So I think that me being in the science field, it allows me to be a lot more well-rounded with my spiritual practice. So Riss, I know you talked a little bit, or actually quite a bit, about Mars retrograde, but I realized we never really talked about the new moon on the 15th. So would you be able to give our listeners a little bit of insight as to what they should expect in the next few days? Yeah, definitely. So like I said, the new moon will be happening very closely to Mars retrograde uh, going direct. And so we're still kind of going to be in that shadow period. And so there's kind of that potential energy around angst and aggression and especially in relationships around what we've been reflecting on for a long time. So there's kind of been this energy in Capricorn that's really shaken our foundations and have asked us to rebuild and relook at things that really aren't working. And this whole Mars retrograde has been tying into that around 
we can't move forward because we have to reflect on what it is we actually want to build over time, what we want to dedicate our time to. And so there's kind of frustration and energy buildup around that and just making sure that, especially with Scorpio, Scorpio is a sign that can bring up things that are hidden underneath the surface. There's a lot of stuff that isn't readily obvious with Scorpio that can kind of come up. And so it's a really powerful time to do shadow work because Scorpio is all about shadow and there's a darkness to Scorpio. There's a heaviness to Scorpio and it's because there's so much underneath the surface. So it's a really great time to look at your shadow and to work with it and to not only use this energy around moving forward, but to look at what is blocking you from moving forward and what are the behaviors that aren't obvious that are hidden underneath the surface that you're not really aware of, but the patterning is just playing like a broken record in your head and it's actually preventing you from moving forward and doing what it is that you want. And the new moon is always a time to plant seeds and to set intention for moving forward. So it's got this recurring theme around moving forward, but also doing the work, the shadow work to remove any blockages to you actually moving forward and showing up the way that you want to show up. And the last thing that I wanted to mention is there's going to be communication with the new moon to Neptune and Pluto. Pluto is an energy that's really tied into purpose. It's very much so tied into transformation, growth, your purpose here on earth. And so I would definitely focus on your purpose and actually in moving forward, what is your purpose here? What are you here to do? What are you, how are you here to serve other people? And Neptune's place in it, Neptune is very connected to spirituality and the spiritual realms. What is your higher spiritual purpose? What, what are you not doing that you should be doing in terms of purpose and in terms of really feeling spiritually fulfilled? Those are kind of the energies that are playing out and it's a beautiful time to really do the shadow work so that you can experience connection to spirit and purpose. I have a feeling that, Kate, if you're like me, just being like a Scorpio rising over here, I'm just like (laughs) scribbling down notes like a mad woman, but trying to be quiet about it. But um, no, I mean, I feel like, like I said before, I could just sit and like listen to this all day. I feel like it's so much more helpful to talk to somebody about astrology because it's it's a very deep Mm -hmm. subject. Um, but so much more helpful to talk to somebody about it than just trying to read books about it because I've read countless books on astrology but still consider myself very much um, a beginner. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And every astrologer is different. Everybody perceives astrology differently. It's really just kind of a reflection and a mirror of how you perceive the world. So for further reading and for diving into these topics, like I know Kristen and I are always ready to hit the books. So do you have any recommendations for those who would like to get into astrology? Yeah, definitely. I have a YouTube channel called All My Ancestors that people can follow and learn from, but there are definitely other books and channels that I really used a lot on my journey to studying astrology. 
I would definitely recommend Chris Brennan with the Astrology School and the Astrology Podcast. I actually studied with him and he's absolutely amazing. He does a lot of work in Hellenistic astrology. And I would also really recommend Adam Allen Boss. I absolutely love his work and I almost studied with him but ended up studying with Chris Brennan. And he Adam Allen Boss is amazing and he runs a brand called Nightlight Astrology, where he does YouTube. Also, Kelly Surtees is really good. Books by Robert Hand, of course. Nicole Huntsman from Modern Cosmic on YouTube is absolutely amazing. I think that she's really, really gifted, and I've learned a lot from her. There's also another YouTube channel called Hannah's Elsewhere that I really like, and I, I specifically like her explanation of mythology and how it ties into astrology. And I've learned a lot from her as well. So those are some recommendations that I have. All of those are, are really, really helpful. Thank you for that. So I'm really sad to say, but I think our time is coming to an end. So I just want to say a big thank you, Riss, for being our guest astrologer today. And before we go, would you mind telling our listeners where they can find you? Yeah, of course. So I write the Moon Musings section on magicandalchemy.com for Tamed Wild's blog. I also have an Instagram, and my Instagram handle is All My Ancestors. I run a YouTube channel called All My Ancestors. I have an Etsy page called All My Ancestors. <laughs> <laughs> and if you want to get a hold of me through email, my email is allmyancestors.info at gmail.com. Thank you again to Riss and all of our listeners for joining us today on Magic and Alchemy, the new podcast from Tamed Wild. Again, we're Kristen Lizenby and Kate Ballou. You can find us online at Easton Alchemy or at K8 Ballou. Send us all of your questions, comments, or just say hello via email at podcast at tamedwild.com. You can view all the amazing offerings from Tamed Wild on their Instagram, at Tamed Wild, or on the blog, magicandalchemy.com. Join us for next week's episode where we talk food, ritual, and kitchen witchery. Just a reminder that magic and alchemy are always available to those who know where to look for it. So mote it be, or something better. Until next time. <laughs>